0: 380 of good luck high five.
1: That's right. You're listening to a podcast that's for you. No matter where in your home, you are playing Magic the Gathering.
0: I'm one of your hosts, Maria.
1: I'm another one of your hosts, Megan. And we are finally recording this week's
0: episode after many, what seems like years of technical difficulties.
1: Yes, we we had... We had actual years of technical difficulties occurring.
0: Yeah, but we managed to, you know, get it to you on time. Mm
1: -hmm. (laughs) Your computer was being uncooperative.
0: Yes, I'm recording in the office now, which you can see if you're watching the video version of this podcast, Mm -hmm. because my computer... I don't know how else to say it other than it suffered a a sudden electronic death many times and come like completely exploded (laughs) with a a really scary sound in my headphones every time we tried to record on that computer. Like it's still alive, it still works, but um, it would not. It absolutely refused to record this show.
1: I had to be. I was on the. I was on the receiving end of like on multiple like multiple hangups. It was really, it was really, really distressing. distressing. It was very rude. It was quite rude was, to hang up oh, on Megan man. that many times. It really hurtful. I honestly can't believe that I'm still taking your Google calls at this point. I
0: know. <laughs> but we figured it out. Uh, and the computer at the office uh, is resilient and well-recorded. Yeah. So here we are. Um,
1: knock on wood.
0: Knock on wood. I've got a wooden desk here. It's, you know, the kind that comes from IKEA. So it's just like wood powder that's
1: been pressed into a desk like (laughs) shape. But I'm going to count it. I'm going to count it. Wood powder. Isn't that what it is? I mean, uh, basically, yeah. (laughs) I think it's like slightly more substantial than a powder, but like not much.
0: (laughs) On the episode this week, uh, we're going to take a deeper dive into standard and into draft because we have now a lot more information about what the shape of both of the formats look like. Mm -hmm. And you might be like, what? The shape of a draft format? Yes. What we mean is there's lots of cool decks you can draft and we're going to tell you how to draft them.
1: Is it a circle? Is it a square? Is it, you know, a hexagon? A parallelogram, perhaps? Yeah. A rhombus? A trapezoid? Rhombus is my favorite shape name. Ooh, it is a good name, right? Rhombus. I would name a pet rhombus. Like, what kind of pet? I would name a dog rhombus. (laughs) (laughs) That's
0: a cute dog name.
1: I would definitely name a a gerbil rhombus. Yeah, oh it rhombus is a really good gerbil name. It would have to be a fat gerbil though. No skinny gerbil yes. can be named Rhombus. I mean no skinny gerbils. Exist, probably. <laughs> I'm saying like I'm anti skinny. Oh. <laughs> Yeah, so am I. So am I. Yeah, we're both like firmly anti-skinny anti, anti skinny gerbil.
0: I have a friend who has pet frogs, and uh, I called one of them very fat the other day, and he was quite offended. And I was like, no, 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 <laughs> I'm not saying you're a negligent frog owner and that you're overfeeding your frogs. I'm saying, good job. I like this fat frog. <laughs> I want it to be fat. Turns I out they like just this fat
1: are fat. Frog.
0: Yeah, I just yeah. I, I want it to be chubby. I like my animals chubs, and I like mm-hmm. um, my Christmas trees chubby too. That's just how it is. Yeah, you know what I mean. Yeah. Um. Yeah. Let's check in on your worm water, Megan, before we get into the meat of the show, because I know people are yes. waiting with
1: bated breath to see how it worked. Um, you know, so far as like, I'm pretty sure that um, my fungus gnat infestation is on the decline um so i would say like generally successful i think um there's still like a couple i had to put out like some sticky paper to like get them um but yeah you know i think generally worm water has been a success you can see this plant right here in the background which unfortunately is still dying anyways (laughs) so i'm gonna it doesn't know it yet, but its days are numbered. Oh, poor I'm plant. I'm going to replace that sucker. Cover its
0: ears. You might start to get, like, the plant might start to attack you. Like, what's the name of that movie? The
1: Happening. Oh, man. The Happening. That's what I was also thinking. Spoiler alert. Everybody, sorry. I mean, th- that movie. I like, just saved spoil, off. Spoiler it. alert. It's bad.
0: Yeah. Quick story time. I saw The Happening in theaters, if you can believe that. I do. When it came out and I've never had quite an experience like seeing the happening in theaters because if you don't know, it's just it's just utterly terrible and it gets utterly <laughs> terrible pretty quickly. And um, when people re- realize what the plot is, which is that plants are attacking humans through spores yeah. or something like that and making them kill yeah. themselves. But um, the audience all got on board know, it was not a situation where people, like, walked out, there like, this movie sucks, we're out of here. It was that the uh, entire audience got on board with it being terrible, and we had this lovely communal experience of it shifting from being like, we're watching a horror movie together, to we're watching an utter piece of trash, and we're going to have a great time <laughs> while we do it. And everyone started making fun of the movie, people started clapping and applauding and laughing at it, and it was just great to see that shift, you know, and, and people yeah. still have fun at the movie, despite it being just, like, really, really bad. Um <laughs> But we had a great time anyway. So that's my yeah. happening story. So hopefully your plan doesn't do that to you, Megan.
1: Uh, yeah, I really hope not. I mean, I don't know that it's capable of much right now because it's just having such a rough time. And I tried to save it while we're having like a quarantine update. Like I am really invested right now. I have another plant in in another room that's like growing gangbusters. It's doing so good. But the problem is, is that I think it's doing too good and it's growing too fast. Um, and it needs like a little bit of pruning To help it like be like, hey, buddy, you know, like chill out a little bit, but I just feel so bad cutting any leaves off (laughs) because I'm I'm like, like, it worked worked so hard hard on them. I know, but you cut your own hair. I know, but like that's different, isn't it? I don't know. Think of it like the tree's hair and it just needs a little haircut. It does need a little haircut, and like I just feel, you know, like that's just where I am. I'm just very emotionally invested in my plants. What
0: right if now. you took that other sick plant and brought into the room with the good plant to show it, like this is
1: an example, just to be like, hey, in case you need, in case you need a successful plant to look at, a role model. But like the thing is, is that there is in this room another successful plant oh. that has had greater challenges than the plant that's not doing well. <laughs> Because my cat liked to eat the other plant. Because <laughs> my cat liked to eat the other plant. You can actually see, I can, I can show you right now. See, now it's in a little hanging basket. Cute. Because I had to hang it up because the cat bit it all the time. And despite the fact that the cat would not leave this plant alone, it is doing great. So wow. what are you doing over here? What are you doing? You don't even have the challenges of a cat biting you all the time. And yet... And yet. This is a great metaphor for like humanity, you know? Yeah. Yeah, exactly. You know, the people the people that are getting bitten by cats all the time are doing the best. <laughs> well, this
0: conversation has turned strange. I yeah. mean, I guess it started strange. Um, yeah. but yeah, hope you all are out there in listener land are doing as well as can be expected in um in this quarantine time. Mm-hmm. I saw a great meme the other day that I sent to Megan, which was, you know, normally we start emails with like, hey, what's up or whatever. And now we start them with, so how I hope your family is in good health, which was like yes. from was Mr. Darcy from a Jane Austen movie. Yes. Uh, so we, ho- we hope your family is in good health, listeners. Um, yes uh We we thank you especially for keeping Megan and I in good health during these times by mm-hmm. s- continuing your support of our shows, both the upkeep and here Good Luck High Five and our YouTube channel, and just being like, hey, we're here with you, we support you. Thank you for being with us during these times, and thank you audience for being with us as well. If you want to become a member of our family and help support us during these tough times, you can head over to Patreon.com/slash GLHF Magic and become a patron for any dollar amount whatsoever. Even a buck a month goes a really long way. You can be a member of our discord, get access to that for five bucks a month, which is our squirrel level. Um, And I just want to say thank you to everybody who's continued to put that support out through these difficult times, because it's meant it's meant so much to us to see everybody like having our back, because hopefully, you know, that we've got yours as well.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Thank you as well to our sponsor, Card Kingdom, uh cardkingdom.com slash glhf. Um, it's just so amazing that even during a time, you know, when their you know their operations have been interrupted, uh Card Kingdom is still going out of their way to support all of their content creators um that they you know in the same way that they always have. And it means so much to us. And so we hope that when you are looking to purchase all of the things that you need to play magic at home these days, uh, that you head on over to Card Kingdom. Because what a, what a lovely bunch of people, truly. What a lovely bunch of coconuts. Yes. Deedly dee. <laughs> there it is. Right? <laughs> Hey,
0: everybody, we're going to talk about Standard and some new cool decks we've seen Mm -hmm. floating around in the ether, as well as some really competitive ones. We talked about this on the show last week, but there's been a bunch that have kind of grown up out of the ground that we didn't want you to miss out on.
1: Things have already changed in the course of a single week. Um, The Obosh deck, which was, you know, just too hot to handle last week, is like just now. Obosh who?
0: I know I tried to play it and literally my computer started on fire it was very hot to handle.
1: <laughs> yeah, exactly. But these days, uh, you know, you uh, Obosh shows up to a party and everyone's like, "What are you doing here?" This is awkward. I'm actually
0: playing an Obosh deck on Arena right now, but it's not a sacrifice Obosh deck, which is what it was kind of known for uh in its first yeah. iteration. We'll tell you about that. That's a little teaser for you a little bit later cuz the deck's doing something Ooh. totally different. Well, not totally, but yeah. pretty different. Um but there's a new there's a new hotness in town, Megan, and it is taking over like a virus. Oh, I'm it- sad I made that comparison. <laughs> I regret everything. Uh, it's taking no. over like um a weed, like a weed. Yes. Like a murder hornet. Oh my god, I was going to ask you about murder hornets, Megan, but I didn't want to because I knew you would be scared of them. Yes, obviously I
1: am. I'm terrified. They're enormous and i love spending time outside how dare they they're the size of a human being yeah (laughs) as far as
0: i'm concerned
1: they're the size of a person i was reading about
0: i I was reading about them and uh like the paragraph was like they have the pincers so they can decapitate you know yes other bees and i was like oh my god could they decapitate a human if enough of them work together (laughs)
1: The answer is obviously yes. Oh my God. Of course God. they can. Of course they can. Their stingers are the size of swords. If I saw one in real life, I would
0: actually die of fear and that would be it. That would be my life. A murder <laughs> hornet would kill me. It wouldn't even have to touch me. I would just have to no, see it.
1: You would just be too spooked. Too well, spooked. I'll
0: tell you what else I'm spooked about, Megan. This just got Yorian fires.
1: <laughs> we finally <laughs> named the deck that we've been teasing for five I'm, minutes now. Uh, yeah. Yes. Do you know what the first time, the first couple of times that I played against this, I was just like, "What is what's ha- what's happening? Like, what's going on here?" And then, right, because they it would just like I would think it was just a regular Fires list, right? It would like have Karuga as a companion. And I'd be like, "Okay, normal things are happening." They played like a Teferi. They played a, a Fires, but then they'd be like, "Here's Luca. Oh, by the way, all your stuff is mine now." Yeah. So the the new hotness. In standard right now, it took down
0: the Magic Fest online tournament this past weekend. Mm-hmm. Jeskai, Yorian, Fires. So we're still doing Fires. Three copies in the yep. top eight. Um, the winner was Oliver Tew, um former rookie of the year. Um, yep. And yeah, so we've had Fires with Karuga. We talked about it before. Now we're mm-hmm. playing Fires with Yorian. But the other big addition is luca the Planeswalker, is in this deck now. So Megan, tell yeah. me ab- about. Oh, yeah, that's what I
1: meant to say as the companion, not Karuga, Yorian. Um, and yeah, so <laughs> the way this deck works is you're you're playing, you know, the you like we said the usual like set set of things to help you know search your deck. You you have like Omen of the Sea um, to go and you know like do some scrying, draw some cards. Um, you have Shatter the Sky to help keep the board clean. You have Elspeth Conquers Death to deal with some pesky permanents. Uh, but the real thing that you're looking to do is you're going to try and make one creature. You just need to you just need to get one out there. Uh, you have Birth of Miletus that can do that. You have Shark Typhoon that can do that. And you have Myth- Mythos of Aluna, which can also do that. Um, and so you just get one creature out there. And then you play Luca and you minus two Luca, and the only... So the minus two says exile target creature you control, then reveal cards from the top of your library until you reveal a creature card with higher converted mana cost. Put that card onto the battlefield and the rest on the bottom of your library in a random order. The only creature in this deck is Agent of Treachery. Uh, so gross. So, so gross. Like, you're just going to hit an Agent of Treachery, and then you steal something of theirs. And then, do you know what? If they don't kill Luca, you can just do it again because... Luca starts out with five loyalty minus and that's a minus two. So they can do it twice in a row or they can just like they played their agent of treachery and then like next turn they can play your Yorian, their companion and like flicker that agent of treachery. Oh, my God. And then steal all your stuff again. Yeah, I, you know, I've played against this
0: a number of times, uh, and every time I'm like, okay, surely they won't have what they need when they need it because the deck is 80 cards because of Yorian's uh, companion drawback. No, yes, it just doesn't no, happen. It,
1: because there's so many ways for them to draw cards and scry.
0: Yeah, so being able to flicker stuff like Elspeth yeah. Conquers Death, like Omen of the Sea, Omen of the Sun, whatever, they're just going to find yeah. what they need whenever
1: they need it and that's part of it right is that they like they don't always have to necessarily have the combo because they have ways to just stall you out for long enough to get it
0: yeah to fairy time raveler being in this list is just like a classic we're playing mm-hmm. narset to be able to find stuff that we need to it's just feels kind of inevitable honestly
1: yeah it really it really does and like i don't I don't know what to do about this.
0: <laughs> that is the big question.
1: Right? Like, what What, what are we are doing, doing about it? it? I don't know. Like, I guess there are worlds in which an aggro deck can out-aggro this before it can do its thing.
0: But you have to be p- pretty aggro bec- specifically because of Teferi. Yes. That is,
1: tr- that is true. That is
0: true. You know, I'm sitting here like, well, okay. I'm uh, the deck I'm playing is aggressive. Is it aggressive enough? Not always. Like, this is why. Yeah. Well, this yeah. is what makes me think like, um, maybe mono red can come back. But even that, I don't think is yeah fast enough, honestly. Um, because we're running four copies of of the Sky in this list. Again, we have yeah. to ferry. We have ways to gain life, uh, with Omen of the Sun. Um. Ugh. I feel like,
1: yeah, I just don't know. You know, Boros Cycling made it into the top eight, and it made it into the finals. Where it did lose to the deck, but it did make it into the finals. So like, maybe there are times.
0: Yeah, that's true. And honestly, this deck not running any main deck counter spells is. Is a problem. Yeah. yeah. Um, bec- because of the cycling deck being able to get them game one. It has a better game, game two, uh, because we have yeah. stuff like Mystical Dispute, um, and Ether Gust to save our bones. Um, it's if that should <laughs> if that should happen. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, I think this deck is super, super strong and I somebody much smarter than, than I needs to figure out a way to beat it because this was forty five percent of the field in the Magic Fest oh. online weekend championship. Forty five percent. That is oh. bonkers. Oh, boy. <laughs> Do you want to know what the number one card played in the tournament was non-land? What? And we're not counting cards on the sideboard, everybody, because that's yeah. a mystical dispute, obviously. Uh, it is Teferi Time Raveler. So. I believe that. Yeah. So Teferi's still that. not going anywhere, which is also like...
1: Uh-huh. Yeah. I mean, I guess it's not that long until rotation. <laughs> <laughs> we can't start that. We can't start that. There must be a way, Megan. There must be a way.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, man. So let's I, talk about like other decks that we can play. We're gonna yeah. ignore Just Sky Your Because that deck is so oppressive and so good, I'm just gonna ignore you know it for what? the time being. If,
1: fine, it's true that you can play it if that's what you want to do.
0: You wanna be that person? You know, be our guest and it. don't listen to our show anymore. Just kidding. Uh,
1: Be, <laughs> our the Be our guest. Be our guest.
0: But let's talk about other decks that are much more fun and still competitive. Like, you can still yes. play these on the ladder. It's not like you're going to lose all the time. Definitely not. You're not going to run yeah. into Jessica fires every second. I certainly haven't when I've been playing some stuff. Um, yeah, the although first, it's been more and more. It's been more and more the higher you go, for sure. Yeah. Um, let's talk about... Uh,
1: Simic Mutate. This deck's super yeah, fun. We've both been playing this. Yeah. Um, and it is such a good time. So this has Umori, the Collector, as a companion, which is the 4-5 for two um, hybrid green-black, two hybrid green-black, or sorry, two two generic and then hybrid green-black, hybrid green-black. Uh, and it, as Umori, the Collector, enters the battlefield, choose a card type, spells you cast of the chosen type, cost one less to cast. And its companion function is each non-land card in your starting deck shares a card type so in this case that is creature obviously <laughs> um and yeah you can just do you can put and raise four into play pretty quick um you can put Iluna apex of wishes into play pretty quick like you can do some really cool stuff with Iluna with auspicious starix it's just a cool deck.
0: I think this deck is super fun. It is yeah. really smashy. Um, if you like to smash with big creatures, which uh, who doesn't? Um, <laughs> you ramp yourself really easily to playing cards like a Boreal Grazer and Paradise Druid. Mm-hmm. And those are both cheap and non-humans. So you can um, uh, mutate onto them fairly easily. Yep. You're also playing Polywog Symbiote, AB, a.k.a. Baby Godzilla, to make your mutate creatures cheaper. So Migratory Greathorn mutate cost becomes one in a green with yeah. baby godzilla out there and then you go find more lands you ramp yourself up you're able to cast the starix which puts permanence into play just puts them into play so does a luna yep. just slaps them onto the battlefield and then you
1: ramp uh-huh. yourself right into a big end raise forerunners and you're like get huffed oh uh, there are times when it's just like it's amazing how quickly like you can you can throw so many hail marys with this deck <laughs> Oh, yeah, for sure. Like, you can be behind and then you're just like, all right, here we go. And like, raise you forerunners. You like you slap something like you mutate something onto a Luna and it's just like you hit an end race forerunners, and you're like, well, GG. Do you know what? <laughs> like, GG. Here come them big
0: pigs. <laughs> The big pigs are coming on in, and sometimes you're, you're just mutating not for any value, like uh, Parcel, Be- yeah. Parcel Beast. The only reason this card's, I mean, like, it's, it's
1: activatability is fine, which lets you look at the top card of your library. This activatability is actively sick, Maria, but okay. But
0: I, like, I've i used it one time. You know, the reason I mutate with it is because I want to get another activation of a Luna or of, um, uh, what's the other one? Uh, 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 auspicious starix.
1: yeah Yeah. that's really what i'm care that's really what i care about (laughs) (laughs) all right that's you know fair enough i i find that like it's just a really good ability every once in a while if you've like stalled out a little bit yeah you know if you need to not draw lands off the top (laughs)
0: let's talk about another mutate deck that's kind of gaining a little bit of traction now too and does some kind of cool stuff in a similar vein Demir mutate flash yeah
1: I have not seen this one, Maria. You're going to have to tell me about this.
0: Okay, so this one uh, popped up on the Arena Decklist account on Twitter, which if you don't follow it and you like to like learn about cool decks, you definitely should. Um, props to whoever is running this account for uh, finding these cool decks. Um, this one is similar kind of concept, playing cards like Stonecoil, Serpent, and Knight of the Ebon Legion <laughs> to be your early cards to mutate onto. We're still, we've still got Amori as our companion. We're still running Baby Godzilla, but the difference is the cards that we're mutating with are slightly uh, slightly trying to do a different thing. We're not trying to ramp, we're not trying to cast Big Pigs. What we're trying to do is cast stuff like Sea Dash or Octopus, uh, at flash, which has flash to get in there draw extra cards um, and cards like uh, pouncing shore shark, which is a temple play to bounce stuff back to your opponent's hand so you can get in to draw more cards a random. Bat-
1: a random. random card
0: to see in standard <laughs> very random I, my favorite card in this deck is actually dirge bat which um you usually just cast it for two black black or um cheaper if you've got umori out but the yeah. idea is you you mutate onto the dirge bat you don't cast the dirge bat for its mutate cost and then yeah. you just basically kill whatever you want to kill um yeah. blow up any permanent um non-land permanent which is pretty awesome mm-hmm. And then you've got cards that care about flash stuff like Slither Wisp and Cunning Knight. What what is it called? Cunning Knight Bonder, which Slither um get, like anything that you have flash can't be countered. So it's like a trickier Slither kind Wisp. of build. Brazen borrower in here too. A tricksier kind of mutate build, which can be really fun. Splither and the person Wisp. who tweeted about this um got did get to mythic with it. So there you go. Slither it can Wisp. be done. Wait, what are you whispering in the microphone all creepy like? <laughs>
1: <laughs> I was just I was just whispering Slither.
0: Oh, slither wisp slither, slither wisp, wisp. Slither wisp. <laughs> so there's another option if you like um, mutating yeah. and being a little um little more sneaky about it that's that that's deck a fun is pretty
1: one. sick yeah but it's you know it's what a what a real rando it's a real rando what a real rando okay uh Coming up next, I've played against this a couple of times, and Maria, it is up your alley. It sure because is because it is white black auras. Yeah. So you'll know that your opponent is on this when they slap down a turn one all it of life's bounty, uh-huh. and you're like, you're like, hello, hello, good day, what, hello, emote, hello. Hello. Uh also this deck has Loris of the Dream Den as a companion. So that's the one everything in your deck or all non-land permanents need to have a two CMC or less. Or less, yeah, less than three. So two or less. That's <laughs> how both works. ways. No, yeah, th- those are both ways to say that. Um oh sorry, it just means it's just permanence because you can play Call of the Death Dweller in this deck. Yes. Uh, which is a spell that costs three. Um, so yeah, you're just, you know, you're just making some big old attackers with, uh, cards like All That Glitters. I love it. Yeah.
0: Yeah, this deck is, um reminiscent of a deck that we saw Ken Yukihiro popularize at a big event a few months ago. Um, and I was playing it in standard previous standard. It wasn't quite tier one or anything like that, but a lot of people who are pretty smart about this stuff think that this uh, deck might be something to contend with in the future. It's pretty difficult to play, um, because you've got a lot of really, really tricky decisions to make involving stuff like, um, I'll see it of life's bounty and when to sacrifice it to give your creatures protection. Um, to get in for lethal damage or to save them for something or whatever. You have to know the metagame pretty well, just like any Boggle style deck to be able to play it optimally. All that glitters can give your creatures plus a million, plus a million to swing in. If you have enough enchantments mm-hmm. and artifacts out there uh, and the female, the cacophony, one of my favorite cards, um, from Theros Beyond Death in this deck as well to help bring stuff back from the graveyard. But something that's really fun with Lurus in this deck is actually getting cards like Deadweight back from the graveyard continually. Yeah. <laughs> boom, 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 kill your stuff. Playing, you know, like this deck just, you know, takes a big, big hot dump over any deck that's trying to be <laughs> aggressive. Um, the life gain is great. Uh, yeah. Anything that's trying to kill you quick, this deck is like, mm-hmm. no, you just not. Yeah. It's not going to happen.
1: I also have played against versions of this deck that have Cruel Celebrant, which is the black-white one-two. Um, when a creature you control dies, you gain a life, and an opponent loses a life. And then they had um, there's like it's a one mana black aura, like something Kaya Kaya's, Kaya's ghost I don't know. form. Yes, Kaya's ghost form that they like they play Loris and then they slap it on there. And the way it works is that you have to have two kill spells in a row for Loris. Yep. Because otherwise, it's just like, well, like, the ghost form means that Loris comes back and then they can just put it back on it. I love on it. On their next turn. I love it. It was, yeah, and it's, you know, and so, like, things can die, but then they're just like, well, put it play right it back again. into play. Just Play it again. Which is Get also really celebrate great triggers.
0: with the Elsad in this deck, too, right? Because you can yeah. sacrifice, it gives protection as long as Lurus survives, bring it back, do it again. Yeah. Yep
1: really exactly. tricky deck. exactly
0: this Whew. was played by Eli Cassis in the, the the list we're referencing in the last magic fest online weekend championship and he did pretty well with it too so i think it might be the real
1: deal yeah um speaking of the real deal i've played against this one quite a bit too this is a new version of obosh which is a mono black obosh deck
0: I love this deck. This is my current favorite, Megan. Um, I played Ooh. this, cribbing list from e- uh, Eric Frolik, who is playing this at, once again in the weekend championship. And we're we're not sacrificing with Obosh in this list. No, no, no. We're just trying to get in for as much damage as quickly as possible, which you all know is my brand. Um, yeah. So we're gonna we're gonna do that with Gutter Bones. The Guttery Buttery Boy is in this deck, mm-hmm. and of course, all of our creatures have odd CMCs because that's what Obosh cares about, and he's gonna double their damage once he hits a battlefield serrated squad. Champion is going to come in, which is going to nug people for four when Obosh is in play. Once they die, Whisper Squad, go find some more squad, get in for two with Obosh on the field. Hunted Nightmare, which is a giant four-five with Menace. That's one black-black from this set. Um, When it ETBs, it gives a a death-touch counter to an opponent's creature, but very likely they don't have any creatures, so it doesn't matter. Yeah. Yeah. Murderous Rider uh, kills stuff if you need to. There's just two copies in the list. Rotting Regisaur. That's right. Ooh. It has an odd casting cost. <laughs> That's my favorite ad here. That is spicy. It'll <laughs> hit for 14 uh, if you've got Obosh in play. And my Ooh. favorite inclusion, Heraldic Banner, which gives creature of a of a chosen color plus one, plus zero, and also ramps you into Obosh. I love wow. this mono black list.
1: This this is aggro yes it is aggro
0: with a cop with a capital a the only interaction it runs is duress and drill bit which i think is pretty yeah. smart because if you're able to take key cards like wilderness record out of somebody's hand or whatever it can kind of mm-hmm. like make those decks a little bit unplayable if they've kept a hand that only has one or two answers yep. to stuff and you're just like well See you later. You're going to be dead in, you know, three turns. So, yeah, I mean, it does have Murderous Rider, too. Yeah. And two copies of Murderous Rider. Um, Castle Lock Twain to be able to draw some cards as well in this list. Um, I love it. It's my yeah, fave. This is this is spicy. Current fave. Current fave. <laughs> just, you know, just steamroll them. Speaking of monocolor decks, another one that I wanted to highlight is mono green, which yeah. um, has been popularized by a streamer and he played in the tournament again last weekend named Rint on Arena. Um, this one, once again, we are smashing face and we're just doing it with green cards because it can go very, mm-hmm. very
1: fast. Yes. So it starts out, you know, down at one with Pelt Collector, who's still around. Wow. <laughs> do do I remember that? I mean, yes, because people play it all the time. But I think if you were to ask me in a vacuum, is Pelt Collector still legal? <laughs> I would have been like, no. Yes, so would from I. one million years ago. <laughs> so would I. I would say the exact same thing. Like, no way. Pelt Collector one, is not real. One billion years ago when Pelt, Pelt Collector came out. But yeah, Pelt Collector, uh, real rando, Barkhide Troll.
0: I know. Barkhide Troll able to give stuff hexproof for a single man and remove a counter from it. So relevant. Yeah,
1: yeah. Only itself, right? Yeah, only itself. Sorry, yeah. Yeah, it gives itself. But it's a three, three on two also. Yeah, that's true. And Shifting Ceratops at four. Nice. Yeah. And uh, Questing Beast, of course and then you you get cool stuff at the top
0: end with Vivian Arcbow Ranger coming on in Yorvo can make things huge really fast mm-hmm. we got a couple copies of the Great Henge in here to draw you cards gain you life in the late game yeah, yeah. i love stonecoil serpent in lists like this because basically you know you're just playing it super early to be able to mutate onto it with like stuff like gem razor, which is in this list as well. Yeah. Yeah. Or you can save it and it can be a huge threat later on in the game that honestly some decks have kind of a little bit of trouble dealing with because there's protection from multicolored.
1: Yeah. Um,
0: so you know, that's 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 a thing too. <laughs>
1: Yeah, man, the Great Henge, what a card that doesn't, it's like, it's got the star power, baby, but it just hasn't, like, it's not as famous as it ought to be, because holy cow, that card can do work. Oko kind of, like, sent it packing, which is a little sad early yeah. on, so I'm happy to see it end up in some lists, because I think the card is really cool. Because there have been times when I've been playing against a green list, and I'm like, "Oh, things are going to be fine." And then they they land the Great Henge, and I'm like, "Never mind, they're going to draw a million cards, and all their creatures are uh, so big." Yeah, agree. I think um, I'm happy
0: for it to be for it to be back around. It's super great once you once you lock it down. Unfortunately, cards like Elspeth Conquers Death, yeah. you know, they hate on it pretty hard um, to Ferry whatever, but uh, but yeah. Anytime it sticks it wins yeah. wins you the game most often.
1: It is a it is a very powerful card. You know what we did not mention? What? Um oh. have you played against any of these like Kahira beastie decks? No, what one have you played against? I've been playing against a lot of people who just play it's like they go arboreal grazer okay because it's a little beastie. Into Kahira, into like Questing Beast. Oh, sick. And they're hitting you for like five with Questing Beast. That sounds like, like a go good back. curve. Yeah, it is sick. And it can really, it can get you sometimes. Oh,
0: that sounds sweet. I'll have to look at, look up some Kihira decks. I've seen yeah. uh, some decks just kind of randomly playing it because it fits their conditions. And they're like, well, you got to play companion because, like, who cares? It's
1: yeah. just an eighth card in your opening hand. But yeah. These ones are, like, specifically, like, aggro beast decks. Okay, cool. Um, that are playing Kihira. And I just remembered it right now or else I would have looked it up beforehand. But yeah, if you're also looking for something like aggro um, and creature based. Okay, yeah. Um, I did hear Check somebody say that Kahira could make um,
0: Cats decks in Modern um, viable.
1: Cats? I want to see some Tribal Kitties. Tribal
0: Kitties in Modern. That sounds great. Or what about yeah. Pioneer? Maybe Tribal Kitties is good enough in Pioneer. Mm-hmm. I don't know.
1: I, who knows?
0: You know what's weird, Megan, is like Pioneer was to be like the, the hallmark <laughs> format at all of these players tours coming up. Oh, boy. And now, like, because they're not happening, at least not anytime soon, Pioneer, to me, has just kind of, like, people aren't talking about it as much.
1: Yeah, it's faded into the background for sure. But I'm
0: sure there's tons of sweet Pioneer decks out there right now. Yeah. Um, I think White Black Auras. I was searching for this deck on MTG Goldfish, and I found a lot of Pioneer lists running White Black Auras. So. Yeah, it's it's hot in Pioneer right now. Yeah, maybe we'll take a, take some time in the future to talk some more about Pioneer because I was loving it, you know, yeah. and then the world happened <laughs> or didn't. And then the
1: world stopped happening. Yeah,
0: stopped happening. Yeah. So anyway, something to keep our eyes on in the future for sure, too.
1: <laughs> Let's talk about draft.
0: And uh, we've got some some words to say about this. Ikoria draft, it's, I've, I'm still having a
1: blast with it same and do you know what i was having i was losing a lot yeah and now i turned the corner and i'm winning some so that's nice
0: what was your (laughs) what change
1: did you make i have literally no idea maria don't ask me (laughs) okay okay it just Do you know what here's actually here's my answer i go out of my way to draft busted cards and just make it work i mean i am here for that i try
0: and do that every draft yeah. I'm such a what is it Timmy, who likes to play with the big splashy cards? I don't know.
1: oh when it, yeah, when it comes
0: to drafting, I'm a major I'm a major
1: Timmy Tammy. Do you know what it's happened now that, like if I get past an ultimatum, I'm just going to make it work. I open ultimatums at an alarming rate. Oh, man, I don't open them, but I get past them. And every time I'm just like, well, we're going to take this and we're going <laughs> to shove it in here. But is it even good enough? You know what I'm saying? Like, sometimes like, yes. I'm like, the payoff just isn't there. Like the Jeskai one. I've been so disappointed with that sometimes. Oh, man, I I cast, uh, which one is the Jeskai one? Oh, I, OK, I didn't cast the Jeskai one. I cast the teamer one, which is where you look at the top five cards and you can you put any number of them into play. Okay. And then you put the rest into your hand. Yeah. Um, I played it and I also, I copied it with Lutri. Oh my God. <laughs> <laughs> that is awesome. That's it was, awesome. Right? Like what I'm saying, like, when I say I go out of my way to draft busted cards, I mean, I'm going all the way out of my way. <laughs>
0: All the way or no way, baby. Yes, that's exactly. Sweet. Did you get? What was? When, when did you get Lutri?
1: Um, I think I picked up Lutri. Do you know what Lutri wasn't initially my companion because that deck, oh, that deck was so busted, Maria. <laughs> that deck had Lutri. It had that the, the, the Teamer Ultimatum, um, and it had Garuda. Oh, sick! Because I initially started, I like drafted Garuda, first pick, and then I went. To, I was in a couple of picks, and then I got past the teamer one, yes. like in in pack one, and yes. I was just like, "Well, never mind. We're abandoning even CMCs because like I'm gonna draft this." <laughs> And I'm gonna play it and then the next I think in pack two is when I got Lutri and I was like this is what we're doing <laughs> yes yes Lutri oh that's so fun oh uh, it was that deck was I mean it was absurd it was so good <laughs>
0: So let's talk about um, this concept that we wanted to focus on for this segment while we were talking about sweet things you can do in draft, which is, you know, you'll see at the beginning of a new set, a lot of people talking about card pick orders and when you should take this card, what are the best cards to pick? And oh, this is super powerful blood curdle. I'm always going to take it or whatever. Mm -hmm. But it's the concept of instead of drafting that way, drafting a deck instead of drafting
1: cards. So what do we mean, Megan? Because this is a format and And right right not all formats lend themselves to this right but this is certainly one that does where you are looking at a draft synergy a draft archetype that is built into the format and you're specifically drafting that synergy
0: right it's like you're building yourself a constructed deck as best you can while you're in the draft itself which you normally see a lot in master sets because master sets are built to uh, reward high synergy drafting mm-hmm. with a very powerful cards. And this set just lends itself to that so very well that we think that drafting yeah. a deck in this format is what you should kind of be focusing on as opposed to I'm just taking the most car- powerful card, like traditional drafting
1: style. I'm going to say corset set drafting style. Yeah. It also makes it even more important to be able to read draft signals because you need to be able to figure out which of those deck lanes is open.
0: Exactly. Exactly. So let's so, talk about maybe the most powerful deck or the most popular deck right now to yes, draft. Which, which is Cycling. Cycling, yeah. It's yeah. N- no surprise here. Um, if you're playing draft at all, you know that this is regarded to be like one of the most powerful and best decks
1: in the format, um, yeah. which is Core Color's Red White. Although I have to say, I don't know if it's, suffering from being overdrafted yeah it could at this point could be. or if it's suffering from the fact that it was very it was better back when the format was a little bit slower whereas i think and like people were being more okay with like just really taking their time yeah. at the beginning of the game whereas now even if you're drafting one of the more long-term syner- synergy strategies i think people are still now more conscious of making sure that they have early drops yeah So I think that this deck is worse than it was, I will say that.
0: Yeah, I think that's a good point. It is overdrafted, so you do need to be careful if you're trying to go into this because you could end up with a deck that's just super medium minus, you know? Like, you just don't get the cards you need. But if you're very lucky, you could make this deck come together, and what you need is um, basically... All of the cards I care about cycling, which are cards like Draneth Stinger, Draneth Healer, Flourishing Fox, the same cards yeah. you see literally played in standard. Um, Snarecaster, Snarecaster, absolutely. Uh, if, as many as you can get your hands on, mm-hmm. and then any card that says cycling one. I don't care yeah. what color it is, any card, any color, any color, any yeah, any color cycling one you put it in your deck, and um, you only need to run some. Some people say as low as twelve lands. Yeah, um, the, i think the the range is
1: between 12 and 14 um yeah Which is you're yeah. gonna
0: see so many of them
1: yeah and also not to um not to digress too much but like we haven't really talked about this much in this format but if you are playing even if you're not in this deck but you're playing a deck that has a lot of cycling you need to be looking at your land count because your cycling cards if you think that you're going to be cycling them about half the time that's not a full spell right exactly and so if you've been if you've been drafting and you're like why am i if you've been struggling to win games um i th- i think that that is one of the biggest things that it's easiest to overlook in a format like this is that if you think oh i have 23 spells but actually your 23 spells include four spells that you're cycling over half the time like you're going you're going to flood because those aren't spells
0: exactly that's a great point um even not in the cycling deck even if your deck has just incidental cycling you need to think about it for sure especially especially if you're playing best of one
1: yeah for sure you don't want to you don't want to flood it's going to be a real bummer yeah you're already
0: going to have an opening hand with lands in it that's guaranteed in best of one because of the shuffling algorithm yeah. Um, the other but, thing I just wanted to mention about this deck is I've seen yeah. a couple of pros tweet um, that people are not taking Zenith Flares. Look, what are you doing? What are you doing? Take, take it. the Zenith Flare. Take it.
1: Also, they must not be in the same drafts that I am though, because I never see a Zenith Flare these days. <laughs> I know it's like a rare thing.
0: Um, but if you happen to see it and you're anywhere yeah. near this deck, snap just, it up or, yes. or take it. Pack one, pick one, and just be like, we're take doing that it. thing,
1: and yeah. then go you, all in. This deck, I would say, you know, I, need is a strong word, but it's like real close to needing a copy of Zenith Flare. Yeah, I think you're right. So Especially if you don't get as many tappers as you need. Yep, exactly. Uh, so, uh, Maria. Yes. Speaking of uh, decks that are up your alley, which we have done some of today yeah uh this deck is kind of fun and i think is your style which is the vigilance deck
0: yeah this deck is pretty sweet um this one i kind of accidentally drafted on the first day of the format or day zero (laughs) when we did our early release stream but this deck um is relies on vigilance the card solid footing the card main serval and elite herd bonder so let's talk about it Basically yeah. what you're doing is you're taking as many main servals as you can get your hands on, which nobody else wants because it's a 1-4 yeah. for two mana. <laughs> yes, exactly. Everyone else is like, oh, what? Gross, don't care. No, okay. you want this card. The reason you want it is you're playing is also as many copies of Solid Footing as you can get your hands on. This card mm-hmm. is a Flash Aura, love it, where it enchants a creature, gives a creature plus one, plus one. And if the creature has Vigilance, it assigns combat damage based on its toughness instead of its Whew. power. So... Yeah. These little main servals are all of a sudden five fives, essentially. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, which is pretty sweet. And then if you get the card Elite Herd Bonder, which is an uncommon, uh, it has vigilance. Um, at the beginning of upkeep, you gain one life for each creature you control with vigilance, which is a really cool little extra bonus. Yeah. What is the name of the card? Alert Herdbonder, sorry. Alert Herdbonder. Oh, wait, no, that's not even right. Alert
1: Heedbonder. Because you keep saying a word, and I'm looking at it typed on the screen the way you typed it, and I'm like, am I crazy? Alert Heedbonder. What did I say? What did I say? Alert. Elite herd bonder was the first thing that you said, which is like really close to being the same thing, but it's like also not. Oh my god! It is. It could. It should. Could easily be called that. <laughs> That's so
0: funny. Oh my god! Yeah. Alert feed bonder. <laughs> Yes. so yeah this is a this is a fun deck it's black white <laughs> um you can do it pretty pretty easily if you see enough servals going around and you're like this it's yeah. gonna feel here's the thing it's gonna feel underpowered when you're drafting yeah. it you're gonna be like i'm taking these one fours for common when i could be taking a sweet rare or whatever but when it plays out, it is very, very strong, and you get access to other strong cards. Like, you're, you're playing black-white, so you can play Blood Curdle. You can play Dire Tactics
1: to be able to mm-hmm. kill things if you need to as well. Um, also, our little fox friend, um, Farfinder, has Vigilance. Yes, that's right. So, you know, like, slap, slap, some, uh, slap some mutates on him. And then just go to town. Yeah. Uh-huh. It's a
0: super fun deck when it comes together. Don't be afraid when you're drafting because if you're anywhere near this deck, it will work out. And even though you don't have any splashy rares, it's very powerful.
1: Yeah. Uh, Up next is one that I've had a very good time drafting, which is uh, Bant Mutate, which isn't going to necessarily be all three colors, but it can dance across kind of those three in general. Like I've drafted uh, blue-green versions. I've drafted blue-white versions. Um, One of the key cards in this, right, is like, I think early on I was like, oh, Essence Symbiote, which is obviously still like a powerful card in a mutate deck, which is the one in a green that gives like when you mutate something, it puts a plus one plus one counter on it and you gain two life. Oh, oh yeah. That's really where you want to be, thing. yeah, is you want to be on the eggs. You <laughs> you, you want to really get those like one drop chicken. eggs, right? And you can do things like you play this egg on one and on three you play a Volpakeet. And that's a four or five flyer because they both put a counter on it.
0: <laughs> Great. I love it.
1: Yeah. So this deck plays, I would say the most, like the thing that it feels the most like is like, it's kind of tempoy because you're just looking for early ways to get in a bunch of damage doing something like that. Like right. Making a big creature nice and early. And then like Archipelagor is one of the big splashy cards of this that you like really want to pick up. I have um, gotten of- got by that card more times than I'm willing to admit that card is so good i will i will abandon a color that i'm in if i get past a light archipelago i mean that's fair it because it's so good it'll close the game out like pretty much instantly yes exactly um it is yeah so like you're going it's a little bit all in sometimes um but it's it's a really fun deck And if you have if you have like some flyers, or you have that archipelago, there's like you want to get in that last bit of damage, and there's ways to get it done.
0: Megan, the next deck we're going to talk about, I know, is your personal pet deck right now. Yes. Called five color rares, and we heard a little bit of a
1: preview of this up top. (laughs) So there, this is you know, you're like, hey, you've been talking about synergy strategies, and I'm going to argue that like this is a a synergy strategy is what you're doing. Okay. Is that you are picking up just like every land that you can basically how but high are any- you picking them um i mean i'm i'm not gonna pick them on one but i'll pick them as early as two oh wow okay keep going um and like it's it's difficult because you what you do have to be disciplined because the the key space for it is like probably like five like five through eight those picks are like even five through ten, where what you need to do is if there's a land, you need to pick the land and you're going to see a card that you kind of want. That's like it's like a good creature or something. And you need to pick the land because you're saving your non land picks for the turns when there aren't any lands in that pack. Um, Obviously, we're talking about dual lands here. I'm not talking about like basic forest. <laughs> FYI. Yeah, no. <laughs> because what it lets you do is then later on when people pass powerful multicolor rares, you just get to pick them. Um, so I played a draft deck last week, not last week, a couple of days ago even, that had like Shark Typhoon was my first pick. Um, but then I picked up Genesis Ultimatum, which is the Sultai one. And then I got past a late Narset in pack two.
0: Wow. narset um, That card
1: is super powerful. Yes, exactly, right? So I was playing and then I had like I'm trying to think of like what else even went with those. Like it doesn't matter. You just take whatever yeah. the best thing is. Exactly. And then like you just want to pick like obviously you're going to like nab like a bunch of kinds of removal and stuff like that. Um oh, that one also had like I got a pacelate um Kogla? Oh, sure. Yeah. And so it's like, there was a time when with Genesis Ultimatum, like I went and got like Kogla, Shark Typhoon, and a Blood Curdle, right? And the answer, like they get to pick two for you. Like you get to cast two and they get to shuffle one back in. And if you pick those three cards, there's no good answer. (laughs) I love it. I love it. No matter what happens, I'm getting some number of creatures and some number of removal spells out of that combination.
0: now i just really want to go draft this deck
1: it is so much fun but again like it's the place where you're going to be stuck is like on turn on like pick five there's going to be a dual land and there's going to be like a solid creature like an uncommon good creature and you're going to pick you need to pick that land
0: okay so discipline discipline yes
1: discipline and land choice but it is you get to just you get to play I've probably cast more ultimatums than most people out there because I go out of my way to draft this deck, and like those cards are just good.
0: basically, pack three is your payoff for being um strict with yourself in one and two
1: yeah, and I would say like right when while well, I'm talking about being strict with yourself in one and two, if someone passes you like a rare um or even honestly like a I'll say like a rare or a blood curdle, yeah. Okay. Those are the two things that you're allowed to pick over lands. Okay, great. <laughs> so like, cause you'll get, you'll get payoff in the middle of pack two, right? When people who are in other colors, a few seats on the other side of you pick like, right? Like the NARS I got past pick three in pack two. And it's like, yeah, that's a payoff card because those people weren't in those colors. And I'm in every color. <laughs> <laughs> great, great.
0: Um, This next deck we mentioned on the show a couple episodes ago, I think, um, but I wanted to bring it back because it is still really sweet and to tell you how to draft it, which is the Ominous Seas deck. Um, this is the one where you're basically just doing a whole bunch of cycling. Again, you just care about mm-hmm. getting those cycling one cost cards and you pick, you pick, you need ominous seeds, of course, and you also need escape protocol, which are both uncommon. So it's not going to come together all the time, but yeah. you know, uh, easier than uh, drafting decks around rares, of course. Um. <laughs> So Ominous Seize works with a card called Spring Jaw Trap, which you also need for this deck to work, um, which um, lets you, anytime you cycle to flicker something that's already on the battlefield, and your Spring Jaw Trap, you're never actually sacrificing it to get its effect. What happens with an ETB is you draw a card, so you're using this to just cycle through your di- through your library and draw cards. Mm-hmm. Um Excuse me, uh, escape protocol allows you to flicker those things. Um, And ominous seas is whenever you draw a card, you put a counter on it. Once you get eight counters on it, you make an 8-8 octopus. Um, Yeah. So basically you're just cycling through your deck as fast as you can, flickering your spring trap with your escape protocol and building up your counters on ominous seas to make giant 8-8 krakens. Mm -hmm. did i say octopus i meant kraken is it an octopus or is it a kraken i don't know it's a kraken Kraken. it's a kraken um yeah and you just take all the cycling ever you're basically doing nothing else um and then you win the game
1: and then you crack in with your (laughs) kraken you drafted this deck didn't you yes i have drafted this deck i've also drafted again with the five color rare strategy i've drafted many copies of ominous seas (laughs) oh great it's just good exactly because it's just good uh this i love this deck obviously you just get to draw cards um you also you can draft copies of facet reader which is the one in a blue one three human um, oh yeah that lets you loot yeah, yeah one, one and, and tap, tap to loot which also is great for this um but just anything that's le- that lets you put connor's on ominous C is faster <laughs>
0: I think this deck is really sweet. Like I said on the yeah. show a couple weeks ago, I played against it, and I was shocked. I was shocked once I figured out what was going on, and I was like, wait a second. This is the coolest draft deck I've ever seen, and I just yeah. I couldn't even be mad that I had no chance <laughs> because I was yeah. just like, slow clap, man. Slow clap. This deck is, is really cool. too
1: cool. Yeah, yeah. Um, the last one that I wanted to mention is um, Flavors of Black, White, or Mardu Aggro okay and these specifically for me are highlighted by the card bastion of remembrance which is two in a black um or three in a black i don't remember anyways uh for an enchantment and it makes a one one but more importantly when a creature you control dies uh you gain a life and an opponent loses a life so these decks start out by being like hyper aggro right you want to be attacked like you want to play one drops two drops three drops and you get in a bunch of early damage. And then, again, it's like that last bit of reach is Bastion of Remembrance, right? Like, I, there have been so many times when I've played against this deck when it's just like, oh, I would have, quote unquote, stabilized at, like, six or something like that, except I'm at six and they have four creatures on the board, And I have one and it's like, oh, if they get in for a couple more points of damage and then I try and block things like I'm just going to die because of the Bastion of Remembrance triggers.
0: Yeah, it is two
1: in the black. I just
0: looked it up. Um, Yeah. Yeah,
1: that's really good inevitability uh, later on in the game. Um, That card is is like quite good. And I recommend it if you're drafting black already um, and you see that card, like absolutely pick it up. Like that reach is super valuable.
0: I have never played with this card yet. I've always just kind of let it pass me by. So maybe I'll try it out. That sounds cool.
1: Um, I played against it when I drafted an Obosh deck. So, And then I was telling you earlier about I drafted a Winota dra- deck that was Mardu aggro. Yes. That was very good. <laughs> yes, Winota and lemon. I had like the exact right combination of like non- non-human creatures right like i drafted like the little scorpions for that deck and boot nippers and then like the three drop the night squad commando and stuff like that so i would just have you know it was absurd it was very very good
0: (laughs) i love it um Um,
1: but but yeah. yeah
0: So, like, think about this next time you're drafting. Think about drafting a deck and not just powerful cards. Mm-hmm. Let's get some uh, s- s- synergy going in there. The set will reward you for it. Yeah. And if you have any cool draft decks that you've drafted that you want to show off, please tweet them at us at GLHF Magic. I've loved seeing people send us deck lists within the past few days, taking the Karuga
1: Challenge, yeah. uh, <laughs> which, you know, usually pays off. I want to see you take in Limited the hashtag Yorian Challenge. Oh, Yorian Challenge in Limited, a of, you will send it. us Lowe's list too. That I've is extra it. sweet. Yeah, my Megan's done bad. it. I'm still <laughs> waiting to do it.
0: I really want to do it. Um, yeah, so yeah. we love seeing your spicy uh, draft decks um, and standard decks for that matter. If you've got mm-hmm. ones that you're like, ooh, you didn't talk about this one. This one's my favorite. Somebody did tweet us a gruel list, which seemed pretty cool and standard. Yeah. So you can Absolutely. check that out in our uh, on our Twitter account at GLHFmagic2. Um, lots of cool stuff to do in this format. I feel like it's switching both in limited and... And in standard, every Mm -hmm. day it feels different, which is absolutely absurd. With with the advent of arena, I found that you know the formats kind of changed over more quickly than we were even used to, like on a weekly or biweekly basis. And now I'm like, what happened yesterday might not be true today thanks for hanging out with us so much this week Uh, it's been a blast to talk to you about magic Um, we've been playing a heck of a lot of it because what else is there to do shrug 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 so much magic um, and it's been great to know that you're all yeah. out there listening and hanging out with us every single week. Thank you so much for being there yeah. for us. Uh, if you want to become a patron of the show, we highly encourage it. It will help us out through these tough times. It's patreon.com slash magic. Become a member of our family. Use our Discord. Uh, get those sweet rewards once mm-hmm. we can start shipping them out again. We'd love to see you there. Uh, and it means a lot to us, too, in in um, in the time of Corona. And thank you, of course, again to Card Kingdom. Uh, make sure to head to Card Kingdom slash GLHF to buy from them when they're ready to ship again they are a fantastic company for sticking with us during these hard times we can't recommend them enough um and yeah just basically thank you for listening every week it is so great to be able to do something that you know is still having like a positive impact during these um during these weird times that we're living in now and that you're all there hopefully getting some you know happiness out of our show every week
1: yeah thanks so much for tuning in everybody
0: And uh, stay safe out there, friends. We'll be here for you back again next week. As always, uh, socially safe. High five.